You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And we will be in verses 10 to 15, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 15. If you're physically able, go ahead and stand with me as we open up and read the Word of God. Uh, 1 Timothy, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter number 3, uh, verse 10 through 15. And then be in prayer for Brother Rick's brother, Bob, and he's in ICU, and so he had an eye surgery Uh, that needed to be done, but they had to go through his brain to be able to get and do the surgery that needed to be done. And so anyway, very serious surgery. And so pray for Brother Rick's brother, Bob, if you would. And so, all right, 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. I will start on verse 10. Join me on 11, and we'll read responsively tonight through verse number 15. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And here we find verse 10, 12, 15. As you're reading these verses, they just sort of jump out at you. Uh, And uh, verse 15 is where we have been in this series uh, as we look at it. Uh, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And so being able to give an answer of our faith, that, that is what he is saying. We should be able to give an answer of the hope that's in us. He's talking about our faith, uh, what we are putting our trust in, uh, where our hope lies. And we should be able to give an answer for that. And so we started that series entitled, Why? And so tonight will be the fourth area of this series. And we are going to be looking at why worship. Why worship. And that's going to be the the topic tonight. Father, I pray that you'd bless now as we open your word. And Lord, I pray that each of us will just solidify some purpose in our own lives. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to sense and to see the, the great need of this area called worship. And so may you be honored and may you uh, guide us. I pray that you would stir us tonight in our own lives. May we recognize our great need for you and the opportunity that we have to be able to worship you. And so I pray that this evening your people will be helped and may you be honored. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. You can be seated. So why do we do what we do? And why do we do it the way that we do it? 
Now, when you say worship, people have different ideas of what worship is. When I was a younger pastor and when people would talk about worship, worship was only something that you did privately. It was not a corporate worship. Uh, when you came to church, you came to, uh, to hear preaching, and that was sort of the focus. It wasn't as much of worship as it was to, uh, to preach, to, to be taught, to, to make decisions for the Lord. Uh, you would sing the songs, and, and you know, as I have grown in my, my own personal walk, uh, I see the great need of worship in our lives. Uh, and you know what? As a church, we ought to be worshiping God collectively, corporately. As a church, we should worship the Lord. Uh, when we look at our own personal lives, we should worship the Lord. We should be a person that is worshiping God. And, and so uh, when we look here uh, about this area of worship, we're going to go to John chapter 4. So go to John chapter 4, and this will be a, a springboard here as where we're looking at this area of worship, John chapter 4. And we're going to look at just verses 20 to 24. And as we look at these verses, we are going to find that in these short few verses, this word worship, uh, the, the Greek word for worship, is used 10 times in these, uh, these few verses here. Uh, and so look with me at verse number 20. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, ye say, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We, wor we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, uh, before we get too far into the why, or why of worship or the how of worship, we really need to get a biblical sense of what worship really is. Because if we just through a Google search out to worship, we're going to get all kinds of different answers. You know what? There are a lot of people that will call worship something that is not a biblical worship. And so for that to be the case, then how do we know what we do if it's worship? And the reality is, Worship is not just an action. Worship is not just being in church. Worship is not just singing a song. Worship is not just prayer. Do you know you can do all of those things as a lost person? You could do all of those things as a very carnal person. You could do all of those things as a very bitter person. You see, there are a lot of things that we can do in the Christian life and we can go through motions and actions, but if we're going to talk about worship, 
Worship begins in your heart. You see, worship is the expression of our hearts to God. And, and, you know, there are people who worship. There are people who worship not God. They worship false idols. They worship maybe their car. There are people that worship uh, their, their bank account. There are people that worship their toys. Uh, there are people that worship their house. There are people that worship their lawn. When I was younger, mom was raising us kids by herself, and, uh, and so we did not have much. And uh, we had a neighbor uh, that had a fence around their yard, and uh, if any of our toys went into their yard, this little old lady, and she was, I don't know how, it was like she was sitting right at the window all the time. And as soon as a ball went into the yard, she took off out of the house, grabbed the ball, and went back inside. A frisbee would go in, and man, she was out there, grab it, and she was right back inside the house. And I don't know how many of my toys she took. I am telling you, it was unreal. And we didn't have a whole lot of them to begin with. And so when you're losing, I was not a happy camper. And I think I was probably about seven years old, uh, six or seven, and they had a perfect lawn. I mean, this lady... She literally, every morning, she swept her flower beds. They had a, a company come in. Their, their lawn was like a golf course putting green. I mean, it was, it was perfect. And so she took one too many toys. And I went over and I grabbed two handfuls of sod and I ripped and I pulled this huge piece of grass. Boy, did I get it when mom had to pay for that grass. Uh, and so uh, mom wasn't the only one that paid for that grass. I paid for that grass as well. Uh, but, you know, there are people that worship and it might not be a deity. And just because we are in church does not mean that we are worshiping God. We can come to church with a mind that is so far from worship. I've been there. A thousand things on my mind, so many projects that need to be done. Things where just getting off work. I mean, I remember when I was in college, I was working splits on Sunday. I was a mechanic, and I'd go in uh, to work, and I'd uh, turn wrenches, and then uh, I would have to uh, knock off for my lunch, and, and I'd drive across town and run to church. And coming into church, I got grease all over me, and I'd come into church and sit down and listen to the message. As soon as the invitation uh, started, I had to take off back to work and uh, go back to work, and then I. I'd, after that, I'd clean up and then uh, go back in. And I'd meet Deb and, and uh, David and Rach at, at church on that uh, Sunday evening. And, and I remember those days. And I remember all of the, the, the uh, uh, time slots and all of the things where your mind, if you're not careful, it can be everywhere else but church. Sort of like when you came in tonight. You come into church and if we're not careful... We have not prepared ourselves for worship. We're checking off a box. Now, I'm glad everybody's here. 
But the truthful part is, when we gather at church, when we come together, we should be worshiping the Lord. There ought to be a heart that is coming, ready, prepared to worship God. Now you say, Pastor, does that mean that if I'm not there, I should stay home? No. But at the same time, we ought to be preparing our heart so we can truly worship. So uh, several, several points here before I even get to the points of the message. Uh, there, the, the reason we are to worship because God desires worship. Look at verse 23. He said, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. So why should we even worship? Because God seeks. God is seeking for people to worship Him. God desires for us to worship him. And so uh, here he said that uh, true worshipers shall worship the Father. That tells me that there are false worshipers. That means that everybody that's worshiping is not worshiping. Everything that is called worship might not be worshiped. Maybe it's not worship of God. Maybe it's worship of man. Maybe it's worship of self. And that ought not to be the case. So here, uh, it means that there are false worship. Uh, does false worship mean that there is a false, uh, that all worship is to a false God? No, it just means that these worshipers that are worshiping aren't all worshiping God. So uh, there, there are those who worship false deities, and there are those who falsely worship the true deity. There are those that worship false deities, but there are also those who, who falsely worship the true deity. So when we come and we are going to worship the Lord, we want to make sure that we know what we are doing and how to truly honor and worship the Lord. Uh, so when it says that God is seeking uh, those to worship Him, uh, seeking such to worship Him, uh, we, we see that God wants us to worship Him. But secondly, I want us to see that God is not insecure and God is not self-centered that He needs our worship. God is God without you and me. My worship for God is not going to make God any more secure. My worship for God is not going to make God feel any better. My worship for God is not going to benefit He who is everything. And he who has everything. And he who owns everything. 
You see, when we worship God, God desires, he seeks such to worship him, not because he needs that worship, he's seeking such to worship him because he knows that we need to worship him. See, our worship of God is is the the reality. We are worshiping and honoring God, but, but the person that benefits from our worship is you and me. Because we are entering into a relationship with the Almighty. You know, we, we have our offerings, we have tithes and different uh, ways to give and stewardship. But you know what? God, our giving doesn't make God any richer. God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need us to give. Does that sound so counterintuitive to hear your pastor say that? But God doesn't need us to give. We need to give. Because it is, it affects my heart. Worship affects my heart. And so uh, God is etern- eternal. God always was. God always will be. Uh, the 6,000 years of human history is a short speck in eternity. God wasn't for all those millions of years or in eternity past before time began when God said, let there be light. Uh, day one, when God created the heavens and the earth, uh, when God spoke and brought these worlds into existence, that's where recorded time began for us. But God was before there there was time. So was God needy before he made man? Is this too deep? You see, God, God doesn't need our worship. He created us to need Him. And you and I need God. There is a void that is in our life when we do not have God. And salvation, before you got saved, you had a body and a soul and a dead spirit. But the day that you accepted Christ as your Savior, uh, you, be, you had a live body and a live soul and a live spirit. And you had, He quickened. He made us alive again. Why? Because in Adam, all became sinners. All men died in Adam. Uh, but in the second Adam, uh, all have life. Uh, it is through through the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us that opportunity to be able to be a child of God, but now as a child of God, we have this wonderful opportunity through Christ to know God. You know, we can be saved and still not know God. And not have that close relationship. So this area of worship is where we really develop this relationship with God. God is a spirit. 
And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. So worship is spiritual. Worship is a result of the spirit of God working in and through the spirit of man to communicate with God. And so uh, here we see that uh, our praise and our worship or our lack of praise or a lack of worship does not make God any more worthy or any more valued or any more secure. But what we find is when we worship God, He then is more important to us. And that relationship grows. So, uh, how do we see worship in the Bible? Uh, Three things we're going to look at tonight. Uh, If we have time, we've got about 12 minutes. Uh, So, uh, we're going to look at three different areas of how we see worship in the Bible. The first thing that we see about worship in the Bible is praise praise. Uh, There is something about praising God. You know what? As a child of God, it should not be awkward for us to say, praise the Lord. Let me, let me, let's just practice that once. You ready? Praise the Lord. Let's, let's try that again. Praise the Lord. You know what? That ought not be something that is foreign to our speech. It ought to be that when something good happens, it's just, man, it just ought to, ought to automatically come out. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Uh, you and I ought to be in an attitude where we are praising the Lord. Our singing, you know what our singing ought to do? It ought to just praise the Lord. It ought to just be a whole church full of people that are just having a heart of worship towards God. And it's just got to come out. It's not something that we got to force out. It's something that there is love and adoration in our heart, a heart of gratitude for how God has been so good to us that we just can't do nothing else but just praise the Lord. And the singing in the church ought to be worshipful. Let's try that again. The singing in the church ought to be worshipful. Worship is not silent. It's not silent. It's going to come out. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't some time where uh, there is personal, private time. But for the most part, uh, when we look at praise, praise is something that is audible. It is expressive. It is expressive. Amen. It ought to just come out. You know what? The church ought not be quiet. It's funny. People say, well, pastor, it's just not my personality until the ball game comes on. There's there's something that you are passionate about. We ought to be passionate when it comes to our worship. We ought, we ought to just praise the Lord. When it comes time for, for singing, we ought to just sing. When it comes time to praise the Lord, man, it ought to be praise the Lord. Uh, I'm, I sit up here, sometimes I want to jump up and join the singing group. Uh, I just mess it all up, but I just, my heart just wants to be engaged and involved, and, and it just, it comes out. And you know what? You and I, we ought to, we ought to lose some of our, our pride 
I was going to use a different word, but it's not. It's just pride. Because we are so self-conscious. Why are we self-conscious? Pride. Oh, I'm bashful. Why are we bashful? We're bashful because we're afraid of how people will respond to us. Bashfulness is pride. Pride is not just somebody that wants to be in front all the time. Pride is something that holds us back. And that pride is that self-elevation or that self-protection. And here, if we are going to not praise the Lord because what somebody else might do. They, that person sitting might, right next to me, they might look at me. That's all right. We ought to just praise the Lord. And so praise. Uh, so the largest book in the Bible is the song book. It's a song book. And, and so we're just, it is a book of praise. I, I've got so many verses, there is no way that we're going to be able to look at them all tonight. We might not just finish the message tonight. Uh, so we might stay here right on praise. Uh, Psalm 95, verses 1 through 11. Oh, come and let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Uh, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in, in their heart, and that they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter in to my wrath. Uh, what do we find here? We see here that the Lord is just saying, uh, He is great. God is a great God. He is a king above all gods. And we are to come before Him with thanksgiving. We are to, uh, to make a joyful noise before Him. It is audible. Amen. It's audible. You know what? It should be audible on Sunday morning too. You know how quiet it is here on a Sunday morning? It's unbelievable. It's like we have more people than any other time of the service or of the week. But, but on Sundays, everybody's... Why is that? Why is it that we are insecure when there are more people? Ought not be the case. We ought to be praising the Lord. We ought to praise the Lord for all that he has done for us. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Notice here that the, the teaching and admonishing one another is to be done in psalms and hymns. 
So when we are not singing, when it's time to sing, we are not fulfilling our purpose for being there. Not only are we not worshiping the Lord with our songs, we are not teaching and admonishing those that are around us. How are they supposed to know how to worship if those who are saved and supposed to be mature in their faith are not worshiping properly? Don't get quiet. You see, all of a sudden now, the people that should be the vocal ones that are established and solid in their faith, the ones that are mature, your interaction with the preaching and the teaching, your interaction with the worship and the music, it is teaching these other babes in Christ how the Christian life is supposed to be lived. And when we do not do so, we are sending mixed signals. You know what signal is being sent? Pastor says that, but everybody else doesn't believe that. Because if they believed it, then they would be worshiping, they would be saying amen, it would be praise the Lord. But if it's, you see, church isn't just one way. It's not just what I prepare to bring to you, you're to be prepared to bring something for other people as well. And the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, that's part of this process. And it is not only just a time to worship the Lord, it is also a time to bear witness to one another of the doctrines, of the worship, of the adoration, the love. It is teaching the, act, the actions and the responses that we should have as a believer. Brother Stephen gets up here to sing, it ought not be a solo. There ought to be a heart that is just filled with love and gratitude to where we are just wanting to praise God. And when our attitudes and our mind is there, what we will find is it's going to come out. You know, Jenny, when it comes time to sing, everybody knows she's here. When she couldn't be here at church, you know what she kept talking about? Church and singing. She's like, Pastor, you're going to hear me when I come back. I know, Jenny, I could hear you when you were home. <laughs> but hear this praise. It ought to be just an outpouring of what's inside our soul. And it ought to just come out. Brother Davis, Brother Matthew, you come. We're going to sing. We're going to sing. You know, as we just think about how good God is, how about singing, it is well. It is well. Let's all stand together. We're just going to sing tonight. And you know, as we do, let's not just go through, well, now pastor's watching me. But let's truly Let's, let's worship the Lord when we're singing. Let's let it come out. He said, well, Pastor, I just don't sing well. It doesn't matter. It's not a performance. 
It's not about how good we can sing. Go ahead. And it's not about what we think it's going to turn out like. It is to worship God. Go ahead, bro. Peace like a river. Let's sing it together. It is well. When peace like a river, sing it together. Attendeth my way. Number 275. Let's sing it together. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows, when sorrows like sea billows, whatever my lot, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Everybody. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.